let me tell you a story about a coach with an 8 and 28 record. He had an opportunity to change the way the NFL world would look at him forever. But listen. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Now, before I get started, I just want the Who That Nation to know there are three things for certain, three things for show that are a guarantee. That... <laughs> taxes and the Saints beating the Falcons. <laughs> I'm sorry I was looking out the window, man. Shouts out to Mr. Warren, man. Shouts out to Mr. Warren. Um, <laughs> he's uh one of the maintenance guys here at the radio station. He was out there laughing at me as I was dancing. But thank you all so much for being here. Really do appreciate your time. Really do appreciate the love, appreciate the support of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, yes, look, if you're gonna suck for a season at least at least you didn't swept the falcons so i can appreciate that all right but this does not absolve dennis allen um ineptitude this entire season it does not okay as much as people want to be in my inbox and inbox me comment telling me tj you being too critical you know but where was the energy at when them boy were losing. When y'all said, TJ, man, make sure that you fire them boys up. TJ, make sure you let them know. TJ, make sure you let them know Dennis Allen ain't no good. Nah, bro. You can't have it both ways, right? You can't. 
want me to just completely absolve everything that I have seen this entire season one minute and then turn around and just want me to read the team the riot act the next okay the energy here on the state of the saints podcast stays the same it stays the same it's just as simple as that man it stays the same all right the fact is Dennis Allen still is not the answer and I find it extremely funny and shouts out to you know some some individuals I've seen on on social media there's a lot of people out here uh, that feel that the energy going into the 2023 season, going into the 2023 season to who that nation, they feel that the energy is going to be the same and the loyalty is going to be the same when it comes to people packing the Superdome. And I'm telling you right now, that will not happen. It will not happen. It, it will not happen. I don't know who was at the game yesterday, but everybody that, I'm cool with people I'm friends with people that communicate with me said that it was not very packed in there. Okay. They had some empty seats in the Superdome. So you can, if you feel that in 2023, that people are going to take their hard earned money, that people are going to subject themselves to an aptitude without Dennis Allen showing that he can actually consistently win I'm telling you right now that you are wasting your freaking time. If Gail Benson and the Saints Trust don't understand that by bringing Dennis Allen back next year, they're going to have to sacrifice early in the season, maybe their bottom line. I don't know what to tell them because that's what's going to happen. And there's nobody. You, you might have a few people out there who feel like their legions is basically them sitting in the Superdome for some reason. Look, I, I still feel like I'm the biggest Saint fan in the world, even though I can be critical of them when they fail and when they're not playing up to snuff. I still feel like I'm a, I'm a, a fan of the team. But you got some people out there that feel like their legions is dedicated to not saying anything, even when the team is bad. You know, basically just, Brent, you know, highlighting all the positives even though you know the, the sky's falling around them that's fine i have no problem with that i have no problem with that whatsoever but i'm not going to be delusional i'm still going to be a saints fan but i'm not going to be delusional okay um you're going to have to figure this thing out and the only way the saints are going to be able to get people highly invested is winning seriously because here's the thing fool me once Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Now, why I say that? Why do you say that, TJ? At the beginning of the offseason, we were all upset, right? Because we felt the New Orleans Saints weren't making enough moves, right? You've seen all these teams gathering up all this talent around us. we like, what the heck is going on? Like, what the Saints doing? And then all of a sudden, we start seeing them in a conversation with Deshaun Watson, we start to percolate, start perking up, start perking up like you got excited. Then all of a sudden, like we start seeing a honey badge in the building, we got even more excited. When we signed a honey badge, we got extremely excited. When the Saints drafted Chris Olave, we were extremely excited. When they got Jarvis Landry, we were extremely excited. And guess what? We thought that we were going to win 12 games, 11 games, 10 games, double-digit games. We were all excited. We were looking forward to seeing what the Saints were going to be. And they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. So for anybody that's out here believing that going into the offseason, that all the Saints have to do is accumulate talent, 
and uh, guys with ability or guys with names and you think that that is going to satisfy the masses to come into the Superdome and pack that, mo that mug out, you are sadly mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. You are wasting your time. I'm telling you right now, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, okay? Or better yet, you know what I'm saying? Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, I should say. It's a reverse, right? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So nobody is going to buy what they're selling unless it comes with some wins. So Dennis Allen, we all going to have to, you know, unless Sean Payton comes back into coaching and wants to coach the New Orleans Saints again, it looks more than likely like they're going to try to bring back Dennis Allen. But I want them to understand that that's going to come with a cost. It's going to come with a cost, right? It's, it's anything that you do who that nation when it comes to investments, right? If you go to a Fortune 500 company and you have a great idea, right? And, and you have this patent and you want these guys to get excited and you want them to you know, invest in you, you're going to have to show them that it's worth their investment. You're going to show, you got to show that it's worth their time. And if it don't, they're going to give you a handshake and say, well, think about it. So Gail Benson, the Saints Trust, Mickey Loomis, they're going to have to understand that their bottom line is probably going to suffer at the beginning of the season until they actually can show that this team is capable of winning. Well, once again, I, it looks as if this dude is going to be able to come back, which fast forward, we got to talk about the game now. We got to talk about the game, the Saints versus the Falcons. Look, I've seen some really good things that happened with the New Orleans Saints. I can't, you know, no, I ain't trying to hate on Andy Dalton. Looked really good. You know, he, he looked really good. He made some throws. He made some plays. I'm not going to hate on him for that. Uh, you know, Rashid Shaheed, he, he's getting better every single week. Jawan Johnson, he looking like a, a top tight end, a guy that you want to resign. But this offensive line still has problems. This defensive line is still incapable of stopping a run. It, it is so many different things that they need to do in the offseason in order for them to get better. And even though they, their defense was formidable, in cases they were bend but don't break, they forced to turn over when necessary, there still were there still were opportunities where this game should have gotten out of hand and the Saints should have basically dominated. And this is where we stand. When the Saints are allowing teams to get back into the game because of fumbles, because of bad coaching, because of conservative play calls, and all these other things you are going to have to get away from. So I think the more the Saints win, the more chance, more of a chance that Dennis Allen is going to be able to come back. And if that's the case, then some things are going to have to change. Number one, and then I'll start reading the comments. Number one, you cannot have Dennis Allen and P. Carmichael together again. Somebody's going to have to go. It's rather P. Carmichael is going to have to go or Dennis Allen is going to have to go. And we all know that if you're talking about trying to retain a coach and not trying to make the world look like you just made the biggest mistake of your life, you're going to probably go with that coordinator. So the Saints are going to have to look for a new offensive coordinator. Maybe they'll find a coordinator that will be able to utilize Alvin Kamara's talent and not make him look like he just fell off the face of God's green earth. Okay. And also you're going to have to get a little bit better and faster on the defensive side of the football. 
those are some things that's going to have to change if you're going to you know keep this thing rolling with it with the dennis allen led new orleans saints team but it should be interesting okay you, you got the win you're not going to make the playoffs, in my honest opinion. I know everybody lost yesterday, and it worked in your favor. And this is one of the main reasons why we become extremely frustrated with the New Orleans Saints because it just seemed like to me everything that can possibly happen with this team that is bad luck involved is going to happen. Like, think about this, folks. Okay, so the Saints played against the Baltimore Ravens, right? It was the same week in which the Baltimore Ravens signed Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith playing for the Baltimore Ravens completely neutralized Alvin Kamara in a passing game and everything else the Saints had going, and the Saints couldn't get the win, all right? Um, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You know what I'm saying? They playing against, even though the 49ers didn't do anything in that game, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do much, but he still started. And they end up doing enough in order for them to win the football game. And then the next week, and it's unfortunate that it happened for him, but Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Now you look at the Saints going up against the Cleveland Browns on Saturday, on Christmas Eve. It's supposed to be really bad out there. And Deshaun Watson had two games to stink it up in order for him to figure it out this past week. So you're basically probably going to be getting a Deshaun Watson who's probably going to be playing much better than he did over the last two games and been shaking off the rust. You cannot make this stuff up. And then to top it all off, I think we all seen that we saw the implosion that was going to happen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We knew that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not that good. And you let them off the hook, and now they have lost two straight games, and basically you have to count on them to basically lose out in order for you to make the playoffs. If you would have won, then you would have been there. Then you would have been able to catapult them to the top of the division or second in the division to Carolina. So – it's just all these bad things, man. You know, like, I don't know if y'all ever seen this movie called Real Steel, right? You know what I'm saying? It was it, Real Steel. Um, Hugh Jackman, you know what I'm saying? He played the star of this movie. It was about him, you know what I'm saying, fighting robots. You know what I'm saying? Like, you basically simulate the movements of a human being the robots actually do. So they used to bet on these robots, right? And Anthony Mackie, he was supposed to be like this big-time loan shark or whatever, right? So... Hugh Jackman and Anthony Mackie were friends and Hugh Jackman went to Anthony Mackie. He was like, you know, um, I was thinking maybe if you can give me a loan and Anthony Mackie just kind of looked, looked at him. He said, man, look, I'm gonna just let you know. He said, this is not going to happen. He said, man, I, I like you. He said, but you're a bad bet, brother. And I feel the same way when it comes to Denzel. out. Like he's just a bad bet, man. It's just, it's just bad luck, man, when it comes to him for some apparent reason, man. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, he just, I mean, he just wrapped in bad luck. And I don't know, man. It just seemed to me like the New Orleans Saints, they always get, <laughs> they always get the short end of the stick, man. And, you know, this is one of those situations where, <laughs> you know, you can't do nothing but laugh because it seemed like all these other teams, when they play these, these guys, I'm talking about teams in the division, they'll play – the backup of the backup quarterback or the star player will be out. But it just so happened that everybody comes back when they play the New Orleans Saints. Everybody finds a way to muster up the strength in order for them to play the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. I, I, I digress. I digress. Um, but that's the way I feel about it, folks. That's my thoughts on that. But I'll go ahead and read some of your comments. Um, 
And also, I, I only take I'm gonna take a, a few phone calls today. Okay, I'll take a few calls today. Um, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. I probably take the first three people in here. Those are the people that I listen um, that I'll uh, take the calls from. So, um, we'll go ahead and I will put the link down here. And uh, the first three people that call in, um, those are the three people that uh, get an opportunity to be on the show today. Uh, let's see, T, uh, TJ, what happened to angle routes and choice routes for AK? Also, I'm sick of seeing uh, Rasheed make a great play or two, and then he gets no more touches. Well, look, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, King Arthur, I, I understand that the guy is making plays. But um, you could he, – he was in a game. He was in a game. And the Falcons made the adjustments, okay? They, they took it – they – they acknowledged his ability to take the top off the defense. And if you notice, a lot of Rashid Shahid's uh, plays are mostly down the field plays. You, you got, you've been using Chris Olave and, and Traquan <laughs> and, and for those short intermediate routes. And then you had like Shahid who was probably doing like those deep posts. Because if you notice, a lot of the plays that are designed for Rashid Shahid are mostly like downfield plays. So, that's probably just the way that they, that they have his skill set going. I, I think, honestly, King Arthur, you'll probably see more of Shahid's arsenal probably next year. Like, I just think that, first off, it, it's like the Saints caught lightning in a bottle. And now they're trying to do something with it. I think they knew this dude could have some potential, but I don't think that they thought they knew the type of potential that he had. Like, and I think that maybe they may not want to admit it because, you know, they all want to look like they're geniuses. But I think that he exceeded their expectations and they weren't prepared for it. So now we're actually seeing that they weren't prepared for it. But, you know, this guy is electrifying. He makes plays. So we got to put him on the field somehow. So I think there's only a few plays that they actually have for him. But I think they probably going to unload the clip, so to speak, next year. When he has a full year, when you got the offseason, because I mean, you have to keep keep in mind, Keen Arthur. I mean, he was also injured. So I'm pretty sure there was a lot of opportunities that he didn't get. I think they recognized his talent. That's why they hit him out. But I, I really just feel like they maybe he exceeded their expectations and they're making up for it now. You know, it's like one of those things like you don't know what you you actually have. So there's that. But we can go ahead and we're gonna go to uh Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, man? What's going on, TJ? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Thank you so much for chiming in today here on the State of the Saints podcast off of uh, Saints Victory. It is Victory Monday, man. So I, Absolutely. I, I, open up, I open up the floor to you, man. What you got to say? Yes, it's definitely Victory Monday, TJ. But uh, I got I, I to gotta address this. Mm -hmm. I hope you had, I hope y'all had some brooms at your work or at your house. <laughs> and who that nation? I'm sure y'all had y'all brooms as well because I had mine too. Yep. We swept the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Let me say it again. We swept the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. I just want to address that real quick. But yeah. but I got but I got but I got I gotta say this, TJ. I gotta mm -hmm. say this. Rasheed Shaheed mm -hmm. and Jawan Johnson right. and Courtney Roby. Mm -hmm. What a standouts in that game Sunday. They were the standouts in that game, bruh. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I definitely agree. You know, I, I think that, look, the future is bright. Like the Saints, if you have a problem with the season, fair enough, right? It, it hasn't gone the way that we wanted it to go. But you got to admit, Chris Olave looked like he was on brand. Alante Taylor looked like he's on brand. Rashid Shaheed, he looks like he's on brand. So you might not be excited because as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles have the ninth pick in the draft. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you have some talented guys in the, for, for the future. So if they can continue to build off this momentum, that's why I'm saying, Jerry, like, you got to find a coordinator to get these guys involved. Like, seriously, like, I, I just, th- and I was just mentioning what Keen Arthur was saying about not using Shahid. I just think that he was lightning in a bottle that, you know what I'm saying, that they found. Like, and they just felt like, man, we, you know, like, man, you know, I know he was good, but man, he, he hitting the ground running. So I just think that they trying to compensate for it. That's why you've seen, you know, Callaway not really getting many snaps. Traquan just out there basically as a, as a lead blocker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're actually seeing this guy get involved more, but the problem is, that a lot of his routes are like vertical routes. Like, you know, like if you Word. see if like, honestly, if you <clears> see <throat> Shahid make a play, it's probably like 30 some odd yards down the field, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I think that you're probably, you're going to see more plays from him. And I think you're going to see him more, we probably more involved with the offense next season. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, those guys play well. Yes, sir, they did. I mean, let me tell you something. Uh, I, I, I'm still stuck on that on uh, Shahid because, right. I mean, think about it. This guy was called up, I think it was week six, if I'm correct, before they played Cincinnati. Right. They called him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, we I mean, my, my, my eyes were lit up, bro. Okay. My, my, my eyes were lit up. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, man. Okay. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, ha- I'm just happy we just got the win. But Steve mm. looked like a monster out there. I agree. But yep. Juwan Johnson, that he was also a monster out there too. But mm. the last two game, two minutes of the uh, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. Courtney Roby out of nowhere stripped the ball from Drake London. Yep, and sealed the game. And, and almost, almost, we almost lost that game, but. Yep. The same defense kept kept in, kept them in check. Mm-hmm. And there and there we have it. Yeah. Look, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I mean, I think we all heard that saying. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, it just happens. And nobody like at the end of the day, nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody cares. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, uh-huh. you won. You know, like so I, I get it. And I completely concur with what you're saying. But you know, like I said, the 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 team. To me, they did some 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 really great things. And one thing I will say about I'll give Andy Dalton credit with this. Throughout his entire career, he has always like done a really good job getting the ball into the hands of the tight end. Now I don't know if you remember in Cincinnati, Tyler Eifert, like Tyler mm-hmm. Eifert was his tight end for years out mm-hmm. there in Cincinnati. And Tyler Eifert went to multiple Pro Bowls along mm-hmm. with him you got to also take it and take into account they also had aj green out there that was making plays as well yep. then you had tj who's Manzada out there as oh, yeah. well you know what i'm saying towards the latter end of his career so yep. he, he's made a career out of using tight ends so i mm-hmm. think that Jawan johnson will continue to eat and i hope that even if the saints don't go in the direction of Andy Dalton next year, they they sign a rookie or something like that or get somebody that's probably going to be starting day on um, day one 
that they still develop that that connection with Jawan Johnson because Jawan Johnson has an advantage over most tight ends because he was a wide receiver. He gained weight. I mean, he did it the hard way, man. He didn't know much about being a tight end, and right. he has developed into a a vertical threat. And mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying a pass catcher, and he's really good at blocking now, so he doesn't even have to lead the field. So I, I I like the fact that they developed the level of chemistry. But Jawan Johnson has what it takes to be. I'm not gonna say a top tight end, but he he has what it takes to be in the conversation and be a Pro Bowl tight end if. You know, he, he gets in the right circumstance and a quarterback mm-hmm. utilizes his skill set like that's that's going to be something that the Saints are going to have to uh, look at. And also, man, you got to make sure that you actually sign this guy, because right now he's second yeah. in the NFL. He's second in the NFL, Jerry, Jerry, in uh, touchdowns only to Travis Kelsey. So yeah. guess what? His agent right now. Guess what he's trying to use as leverage? Well, he has he's second in the league among tight ends and touchdowns. So. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have when you're having conversations with teams that need tight ends, it mm-hmm. might make Jawan Johnson, you know, money uh, go a little bit uh, higher when it comes to the contract uh, negotiation. So that that yeah. is true. That that's true, TJ. But I gotta say this right here. Mm-hmm. But that that pass from Taysom Hill to Jawan Johnson for that touchdown. Yeah. Oh, oh it was oh it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. I, I saw it with my own eyes. It was just it was it was just like a picture perfect day. Hmm. Yeah, when homeboy threw that pass to Jawan Johnson for that touchdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was it was lovely. It was yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I loved it too, man. Because look, here's the thing, you know, I mean, you know how hard Jawan Johnson worked, and um, you know that this, I mean, it had it was a change. Like you, you spent your entire life playing a wide receiver position, and you basically had to convert to something that you never played. I mean, it's it's, it's the opposite, right? A lot of right. people may not know it. I'm pretty sure you probably know, Jerry, but when Marcus Colston was at Hofstra, he was a tight end. Mm-hmm. He got converted to a wide receiver. You yeah, know what I mean? And so it's it's in reverse. You know, so mm-hmm. the fact that – the man, the fact that he scored in the first place, I mean, the balance. I'm talking about for his first touchdown. Um, the fact that he actually scored, it just showed his ability, his, his athleticism, his agility, all, all nine, you know what I'm saying, the whole nine. So – I'm excited to see what Jawan Johnson can do down the stretch. You know, I mean, I mean, as of right now, we know the Saints more than likely not going to make the playoffs, but it's good to yeah, see what the future could look like in 2023 with a guy like Jawan Johnson involved in the offense. You got anything else for me, Jerry? No, nah, TJ, that's all I have. I know somebody else getting ready to come on, but I just wanted to say uh, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays to you and your family. And shouts out to everybody in the chat. Happy mm-hmm. holidays and Merry Christmas to you and your family and friends. And uh, and uh, TJ, if I don't talk to you the next time, you have a very Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I know we ain't getting into the new year just yet, so we're going to pump the brakes for a minute. Yeah. I know 2023 is coming up. But yeah. just, 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 just enjoy this time with, with, with uh, family members. Yeah, man, no doubt about it, man. Uh, Shouts out to my mom and um, my family, man. They're going to be coming down to South Carolina to visit, so – Game day, uh, you know, my family going to be in the house uh, when we go live for that Saints-Cleveland uh, Browns game. So, man, it should be good, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. A holiday season always, you know what I'm saying, is, is a great time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going well as far as with the Saints, but, I mean, look, as long as your family is safe and you're able to be around people that you love, I mean, that's what it's all about, man. But, Jerry, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the kind words and 
if I don't uh, speak to you, uh, Merry Christmas to you, man. But, you know, hopefully you can, uh, you know, stop by, you know, for the Christmas Eve edition on the post game. You know what I'm saying? And, Absolutely. You know, and uh, let us know what you thought about the game. Oh, yes, sir. I will. Give your family my love, brother. Oh, OK, I will, man. Thank you so much. All right, man. You be blessed. All right. You too. Yeah, man. Shouts out to Jerry. Uh, yeah, man, but I, I love, uh, I love Christmas, man. And I guess it's, it's, I don't know, man. You know, when you start to get older, you kind of lose that, that love. And I won't say, well, not love, but you get so much in the hustle and bustle of life. You know, Christmas is like, you start to think about it as a headache because you start to think about all the family members and people you got to buy gifts for. <laughs> But when you start to have kids, like, you know, I mean, some of you know, you know, I got a three-year-old son, uh, Paxton. You know, when you start to see, like, how excited they are when you put the lights up in front of the house or, you know, my wife, she's decorating the tree. And, you know, you get opportunity, like, to turn the Christmas tree on, like, in the evenings and help turn on the lights. You know, it, it gives you, like, this, this kid-like um, enthusiasm about the holiday season yet again. So it's always good to... Uh, you know, be around family and friends and also have that uh that resurgence of what makes, you know, Christmas special, you know. But we're going to go ahead and go to uh, King Arthur. King Arthur, how you doing, man? Well, no. <clears throat> no man, how you man, I'm doing fine, man. Uh, enjoying the day. Uh, it's a little bit chilly out here in South Carolina, but, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful day nonetheless. Uh, Saints got that victory, um, and, you know, everything's going fine. Uh, what about yourself, man? How you, how you doing today? I'm cooling, bro. Um, you know, Georgia got some pretty, uh, some pretty unpredictable weather, bro. Like, you don't know if it won't be winter or spring. <laughs> man, so, I've been hearing that a lot, man. I've been hearing that a lot from several other places, man. So, yeah, I mean, and it's not doing me any favors when it comes to my health, man. These sinuses and stuff like that, man. It's hot one minute, cold the next. So I just hope the weather make up his mind so my body can be all right. <laughs> <laughs> same, same here, bro. I'm already, I'm dealing with something similar. Yeah, but man. hey, mm-hmm. here's my thing, TJ, and and it's so. I think it's one of the things that frustrate us the most about the Saints, especially right. this year. Mm-hmm. The fact that we the team got so much talent and they have the capability to to butt heads with any team in the league, bro. I don't care what nobody say. We right. got a talented enough roster to beat anybody in this league, right? You know what I'm saying? And to see the players underutilized or poor poor clock management, poor discipline. Um, from the coaching staff or whatever the case may be, bro. It's mm-hmm. frustrating. That's why I made the comment about why are we not seeing no screenplays, no angle routes, or choice routes from AK. He right. does his best when he's in the open field, but you want to use him as a battering ram right. to run up the middle of defenses. That ain't going to do nothing but wear him out even uh, quicker and possibly get him hurt. Hmm. I don't want to see that, man. And me neither. Another thing that's – huh? Now I say me neither. I was uh, we're just concurring with you, man. And And, and one more thing. Mm-hmm. That's also frustrating about Jameis not being able to play. It's the fact that you got Chris Olave, who's a burner, and Rasheed Shaheed, who's a burner. Could right. you imagine them boy, both of them boys running a, a double post route? Mm-hmm. What would happen to that safety, that deep safety? Right. One of them go get open, bro, because mm-hmm. the safety got to make a choice. Right. You know, like you just have Rasheed Shaheed run, like uh, have his cut happen earlier than, than Chris Olave, so they don't uh, obviously don't run into each other. Mm-hmm. But you can have a double post route and have Jameis throw bombs to them dudes, bro. And mm-hmm. one of them gonna get open, All right? And it's I, I don't have no issue with Andy Dalton, bro. But as a, a 
a flat out starter for the whole year. That's to me, that's not winning football, bro. He's too hot yeah. and cold for that. Right. And I think if we'd have beat the Bucks, we'd probably we'd be first in the division, right? If we'd have beat the Bucks uh last week. Uh we would have been second in the division because the uh Carolina Panthers at the time would have had the tiebreaker. So we would have we would have won, um, would have been second in the division and yeah, we, we would still have been second in the division because we wouldn't need it uh Carolina to lose to it at least twice. But the good thing about it was, you know, they lost yesterday versus Pittsburgh. So the mm-hmm. Saints have to play them in a head to head. So it basically if the Saints could find a way, you know what I'm saying, to the got a victory out of, you know, instead of like winning all four games, if they would have won three out of four, like let's just say if they beat Cleveland, lose to Philly, and then beat Carolina, they would have been in the playoffs. Right. So See what I'm saying? Yeah. So at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They kind of, they, they kind of you know, I mean, is that, that saying has been going on all season, uh, Keenan, they've been shooting themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in the foot on the field. Um, wins and losses, I mean, it's just a reoccurring thing, you know, so that's where we're at. And that's, that's what's so frustrating about Dennis Allen, bro, because you get up on that podium and you, one, you'd be ready to get up out of there. He'd be running from, he'd be trying to get out of there, boy. Not yesterday, I mean, he was hot dog in the grandstanding <laughs> yesterday, you know, like, and he, he and when people was kind of talking about like how the defense was kind of sputtering down the stretch, he wasn't trying to hit that. You know, we we won. Now you know all that matters is that you win. Okay, you know you about to win if you don't fix the same problems. I mean, guess what? You're gonna be winning one, losing one, just like you did all season long. So I, I don't. Right. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I ain't gonna hold you, TJ. I do want to say this to the Huda Nation though. Uh-huh. Y'all gotta understand that just because a team win. If they're winning and they're still showing the same signs of the things that's causing them to lose games too, you still we still gotta hold them accountable for that. It right. doesn't mean that we're not glad that they won, but we we also know that that them same issues could have caused the team to lose too, bro. Right. Y'all gotta understand that. Like it's not we support the team, but nobody's above reproach. Right. And that's what people don't seem to get, man. Nobody's above reproach, man. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to settle for mediocrity, bro. Hey, hey mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 34, about to be 35 years old, bro. I've been the same right. fans as long as I can remember. So right. I remember the dog days, the, the bags over the heads and stuff like that, the 79 seasons, back to back to back. I remember all me that, too. bro. Yeah, so I don't want to say I'm, I'm spoiling nothing like that, but at the same time, I know what winning football looked like. I know what winning Saints football looked like. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not what we've been seeing. Yep. And DA is the spearhead of that right now. And for us to call that out, it don't mean we don't support the team. It means we want to see a change where we know improvements can be made, y'all. That's all we that's all we saying. Bad yeah. habits, just because you win with a bad habit, don't mean you should continue doing it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, like when people want you to like kind of fine-tune your expectations, you know what I'm saying, to kind of go down to their level like that's that's the problem that i have like people want you to be okay with moral victories they want you to be okay with uh conservative play as long as we win at the end of the now i'm I'm not down with that because that's not sustainable success to me that's equivalent to if your roof is leaking and there's just this little spot and you're chewing a piece of gum and you just stick it at the top of the of the ceiling now it probably plug up that whole if it's small enough for a little while but eventually, you know what I'm saying, that water is going to gang up and then all of a sudden the hole is just going to get bigger and you're still going to be dealing with the same issue. So that's the way I look at it. Like 
we cannot pretend just because we feeling good about ourselves and maybe we can show up to work from, a, you know, what I'm saying one of our good colleagues and friends or cowboy fans and the Saints won and the cowboy lost. So all of a sudden I can stick my chest out and talk about I won and you lost. Like, that's not good enough for me. OK, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've been chilling in Bel Air. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm good. Right. What You know what I'm saying? What, what person is going to be happy chilling in Bel Air? And then all of a sudden, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just go chilling out in the valley somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Somewhere in a one room shack. Ain't nobody going to be excited about that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. I, I, and I feel like any other Saints fan out here, you shouldn't have to fine tune your feelings about this team when you know that this team is capable of being more than what they are and they're not and you're willing to call them out on it now some people feel like i said at the beginning you some people feel like their allegiance and love for a team means not saying anything at all when things are going wrong and being a healthy optimist which i don't feel like is very healthy you know when things you know happen bad but at least they ran the ball well that's not good enough for me okay if this was 95 like you know what i'm saying growing up Cause I mean, we're not that far away in age, you know what I'm saying? Growing up, then maybe, you know what I'm saying? Some of these things can be moral victories. I can accept that because I haven't seen what success actually looked like, but when we seen it, it's hard for us to get away from that. And I think that as Saints fans, we shouldn't allow the new Orleans Saints to get off the hook. I don't care how many years removed you are from Sean Payton or Drew Brees. There's an expectation that you have shown us that could possibly be a standard for New Orleans Saints football, and right now they're not living up to it. So guess what? It's well within our rights to acknowledge that and call them out on it. Couldn't so, say that better, Brett. And real yeah. quick, TJ, mm-hmm. you made that uh, that analogy about the uh, the gum plugging up the little hole in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> could you tell? Could you tell who that nation? Any anybody in the who that nation who from New Orleans? What a shotgun house is? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, for those that don't know, I mean, a shotgun house is basically like if you open up the front door and you can just see all the way to the back, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you can see every room in a house, right? So as soon as you open the door, you can see the living room, the you know, the the I guess the guest room, the bedroom, the kitchen, all the way, and then you can always see all the way to the back door where people go out. You know what I'm saying? So that that's what a shotgun house is. Huh? Now I was saying I we actually uh stayed in one, you know, when I was like maybe like ten or eleven or something like that, man, down in the night ward. Yeah, I definitely remember. Oh, boy, if there's one thing I stayed in growing up is a shotgun house. Yeah. Now, the only reason I brought that up, bro, is because shotguns were shotgun houses were notorious for having leaking roofs. Oh yeah. For real. They Draft were notorious it, for that. Drafted too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm I just want y'all to know who that nation we love the Saints, bro. But in order for you to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. And those uncomfortable truths mm. is what's going to help us get to where we need to be. Y'all yeah. can't be scared to call a team out for doing what you know they're capable of being better at. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you're going to get better. Ain't yeah. nothing ever grew from a comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you let you have it, TJ. I just wanted to hop on here and get my little two cents. You heard me? All right, man. Appreciate that, King Arthur, man. Thank you so much, man. And uh, if I don't speak to you before the holidays, Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. Likewise, big dog. All right, take it easy. All right. Yeah, man. I mean, you you can't wallow in ineptitude. You can't wallow in, you know. I mean, mediocrity. I I, I just can't do it, man. Like I, I'm, I just can't. I, I can't. I don't want to be mediocre in anything in my life. 
I'm pretty sure you don't want to be mediocre in anything in your life. So why would you expect that from a team that you like? And especially when this team has shown you what they can be with their full potential. So I just like, do I feel like we need to criticize like even like the smallest things? No. But when there's something that's painstakingly obvious that needs to be addressed, of course I do. And I, I think that a person uh, that has those type of criticisms, they shouldn't feel bad about that. And nobody should make you feel bad about that. Period. All right. Uh, we're going to go to Money Mick. Money, how you doing, man? How you doing, my brother? I'm doing fine, man. Thank you so much for checking out the State of Saints podcast, chiming in. Uh, what you got for us? Oh, man, I love chiming in, man. First off, I'm, I'm glad that you a lot happier. The last time we talked was at the end of that Tampa game, man. Oh, no, man. Mm. Yeah, that, that wasn't a good that wasn't a good night for me. Um, but honestly, Mick, I was at a point where I was like, what more could I say that I haven't already said? And yeah. at that particular point, I felt like the, the, the game was just so man it was so dejecting. You know what I'm saying? To watch. I, I just felt like it was best for me to like give people their time at, at that at that point, man. I mean. I didn't want to hear a press conference. I didn't want to hear anything, man. I was just like, I was just like, man, let me go, let me go upstairs and uh, you know what I'm saying, go, you know what I'm saying, go to sleep somewhere. I, I was, I mean, I was just extremely frustrated, but I was glad that a lot of people got opportunity to uh, get a lot of things off their chest. Uh, speaking of which, man, uh, what, what you got for us? Man, no, I feel you. First off, man, I, I know what you feel like, man. Sometimes when the Saints is losing, it's like you can try to have a happy day, but it feels like something's wrong in your heart. Like you're just always right. that little, little thing nicking at you. So Right. I definitely understand. Um, anyway, though, man, you know, of course, you know, we're not going to knock a win, but I'm not going to lie to you, man. It's bittersweet, you know, any win mm -hmm. that we get at this point, because I think I speak for all of us when I say I want Dennis Allen gone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I you. Him, I want him gone, man. The Saints can win out and they can some kind of way fumble their way into the playoffs, and I would still want Dennis Allen gone. Mm. Um, because it's too much talent, bro. It's, it's too much talent. Um, I think, like I said the, the last time I called, I think the Saints are really scared as a franchise um, mm. to be innovative, to do anything differently. You know, it was a safe, it was a safe option to get in yep. and And people are mad sometimes. Like I've heard, you know, of course, as far as offensive-wise, we like one of the lowest teams as far as screen games. Like it hasn't been an innovation there. But I can't be mad at Pete Carmichael, man, because the man ain't want the job. <laughs> he didn't want the job. Like, like I can't right. be and they said, man, I didn't want this. Like, right. The, the, I didn't ask the, for this. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rumor was uh, no other offensive coordinator wanted to come and take the job in the Dennis Allen, and they basically forced it back to mm. Pete Carmichael. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like, yeah, it might be, you know? Mm. Um, But, man, you know, I mean, one more thing before I go. Uh -huh. Not to be pessimistic, but I think, in my humble opinion, I think the thing next move as far as head coach is going to determine the direction of the franchise for the next man three to five years hmm. um i think you keep dennis allen around you're gonna really really you're gonna really hurt yourself i think so man yeah. um the talent is obvious one of the things you pointed out that i agree with when you talk about how as far as some of the saints defensive play like defensive linemen it's kind of stuck in the yesteryear you know you got it you still we still using these big long uh, defensive lineman, and you kind of seeing everybody kind of being more innovative. It's the same. In some cases, seem like they're they're behind the eight ball, man. Mm. And I just think it's time, kind of for a fresh new, new kind of outlook. We have so much offensive talent, man. That 
I mean, this team should literally this should be back to the to the days of, you know, Meacham and and Drew and you know Lance Moore. I mean, like putting up about forty a game. Like that's literally seriously how much talent mm. is on this offense right now. You know, with Shahid, um, Chris Olave, uh, Jawan Johnson, man, I, dude, Adam Trautman can go. Like <laughs> it's yeah. like it's I agree. Talent. It's I agree. That much talent, you know, and 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 we even you even talked about that last year when you said just for example. With with uh, Jawan Johnson, why wasn't he being used enough? It was mm. like the like the Saints just sometime man, they're a little too safe. Yeah, they're a little too safe. Um, but anyway, man, good win. Uh, I still want Dennis Allen going. Mm. <laughs> Me too, man. Thing. Me too. <laughs> Some guys, man, are lieutenants and they not generals, man. And he yep. he falls in that category. Yeah, he falls I, in that category. Yeah, go I, ahead. I agree. Um. Just, just to kind of touch off some, uh, something that you said, when I, I, I mentioned um, the Saints need to kind of upgrade on their defensive line, first off, I want people to understand that they didn't make a mistake. Like, they didn't make a mistake. Like, I want, I want people to understand this. Like, you don't build a team to, to play, you know what I'm saying, teams outside your division. Yeah. You build your team to play teams within your division. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing, it, it made sense, right? Yeah. And yeah. when you think about how they what they built this team, like Sean Payton wanted long, lengthy guys with like wide wingspan. Why? Because you would you think yeah. he would probably be making that decision if you had Lamar Jackson in your division? No. Um, what, what about just Justin Fields? Of course not, right? Who was in the division? Matt Ryan, yeah. who's Tom. a stationary target. Tom Brady, yeah. who's a stationary target. Kyle Allen who was the quarterback for Carolina at that time. I'm talking about when the time when Davenport was there. Stationary mm-hmm. target. He's not going anywhere. So you're building yep. a team for, you know, pocket passers. But guess what? Now the game is starting to transition. And yep. you aren't just playing teams in your division. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to play outside your division, and your division is evolving. Like, even, mm-hmm. like, you can talk about Desmond Ritter all you want to. That, like, that dude showed me enough that he going to figure it out. He showed me leadership qualities. He showed me he had the ability to scramble. And I just think the game plan that they set up with it from the beginning was terrible. Like throwing the ball down the field, like that was just terrible game plan. But he he's going to show you that he's going to have the ability to scramble. More than likely, Carolina is going to draft a quarterback rather than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, going to have the ability to scramble, right? Mm-hmm. And Tampa, I'm pretty sure the next after Tom Brady leaves, they're probably going to have a quarterback that has that ability. So you have yep. to be able to ad- adapt or you're going to get pushed aside. And also, yeah. if you notice, like some of the playoff contenders, make a lot of the guys that are in playoff contention, their their quarterbacks have the ability to move around and scramble. That includes that includes Burrow. That includes Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Now, they ain't burners, but they can get outside that pocket. So I just yeah. think that it's time for the Saints to make that transition. That I just had to make that point right there. No, man, I, I 100% agree. I think – like we were talking about the other day, or I heard you talking talk, talking to a listener, man, and I've been waiting for somebody to call this out, so I'm glad that you did. Yeah. Sean Payton, I love him, but Sean Payton seen the writing on the wall, man. He yep. knew he didn't have the patience to develop these young QBs. Like, mm-hmm. he's never had the patience to do it. No, and, dude, the, the NFL is changing. Like, the Saints need to have, first of all, a dual-threat quarterback, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's at least a quarterback digging out the pocket. That's the one thing I would say about Jameis. Dude to run, he can at least try to run or, like, try to pick up them extra yardages. I just – man, the, the game is, is changing. That's what I'm saying. The next head coaching decision is really going to affect the Saints because at the end of the day, these guys are still aging. 
Demario Davis, uh, Michael Thomas is pretty much 30. Alvin will be there soon. Like, you don't want to see the roster get wasted, man, with so much talent, you know? Right. Yeah, and, man, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, and as much as I love Sean, Sean, <laughs> Sean seen the writing on the wall, man. Yeah. He knew, yeah, he knew he didn't want to go through that again. Um, what he went through the season before with all the injuries and trying to develop Jameis, you know what I mean? But, man, this time I would love to have a young QB. I just want a new head coach, uh, innovative, you know, head coach, man. I really think we should have got Eric B. Enemy, but that's just me. Um, you know, I mean, here's the thing, though, Mick. Um, somebody, to me, is going to make a phone call to the New Orleans Saints that's in his top 10 in the draft to try to get Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton, like, Sean Payton's impact – is I mean he's coached the Saints for 15 years. His the last two the the his final season and this season probably would have been more impactful than any other season. I'm talking about probably probably for the exception of the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. Because the conversation and I'm not going to get into it cuz I'm tired of talking about this, but Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston went 5 and 2 as the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, under Mm -hmm. Sean Payton, right? This year, the team has their worst record in the last 20 years. So what does that say? Like, it basically built up his resume even better. So it's like, man, look what he did with Jameis, and look how this team is imploding without him. I'm telling you, I don't understand, like, how people – like, when people say, Mick – Man, I don't know if we can get two first-round picks. You, man, nah. you probably can fleece a team uh, for more. You know, based on like yeah. how did, how what he did with Jameis and how this season is turning out without him, he has done yeah. like he has done more to boost up his his coaching resume these last two years than probably since that Super Bowl year when people didn't never put the Saints and Super Bowl in the same conversation. Yeah, so, and and what what two thousand one two thousand two the last time of. Uh, a coach was traded, John Gruden. That was two first round picks. Yep. And I'm here to tell you, Sean Payton better than John Gruden, man. I agree. <laughs> and the price of the brick up. The price of the brick has went up. Yep. It's, it's 2022, 2023. If the Saints don't get anything less, get anything less than two first round picks, they're fool. Yep. They they're fool. And and we're gonna really have to start questioning Mickey Loomis because I'm yep. thinking off the rip, two first and a second, bare minimum. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, bare minimal, man. For that's a Hall of Fame coach. Yep, I, I agree. I agree one. I agree one hundred percent. Like you said, the price of the brick that went up, and honestly, back to the original statement. Uh, you know, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So <laughs> this year, with the come to the offseason with the Philadelphia Eagles, you got fleeced. Okay, that includes oh, DJ Garner Johnson. But if you man. come here and you double down on the foolishness yet again. Guess what, man? We're going to have to start looking at you different. You know what I'm saying? If you're not maximizing w- what you can actually get for the services of a Sean Payton, if you can't convince him to come back. Man, one, one more thing. If anybody mm-hmm. has ever, or any real Saint fan has noticed this too, I'm so glad you brought up uh, Chauncey Garner. Chauncey Garner. Mm-hmm. Look how Philly uses him, man. Yeah. And look how he tried. Like people are saying, okay, Teron Matthews declined. And yeah, maybe so. But the Saints, for some reason, use their players in a weird way, man. Like, they try to force <laughs> their players into do stuff. Like, they try to take Zach Bond, for instance, and instead of using him as a pass rusher, take his hand out of the dirt and drop back in coverage. That's not right. his skill set. They yeah. take somebody small as Teron Matthew that, man, probably me or you, if we put on pads, we can probably run through Teron Matthew and open. I'm just saying, bro. Like, yeah. he a buck, buck, 
85 soaking wet. Mm-hmm. They try to take him and put him in a slot when his natural position, he roamed around the field. Right. And then you got Chauncey Garner Johnson, who's balling out of control, and they let him roam around the field, man. That's that's an eyebrow razor, too. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just simple stuff like that, man, that people don't – the game within a game, that really makes a big difference, man. But you know, and I'm hoping things get out of their way. Yeah, but, Mick, that, that comes from people that don't really understand. Like, I'm telling you right now, before I like start reading people the riot act about the play and who they are, and I go back and I look, and yeah, bro, I'm telling you, anybody that has a problem with uh Tyron Matthew, anybody got an issue with him, all I'm asking you to do go watch him in Arizona, go watch yeah. him for Houston, go watch him for Kansas City, and you tell me if that's the same defense the Saints are asking him to, to run that he did out there, and you yeah. see that it's not. Like not, you got this man playing a box safety, you know what I'm saying? You got like that's not what he's good at, you know what I'm saying? And like I just think that, I don't know. You I, set I think, him up against him, man. Like <laughs> yeah, like, like you you basically setting him up to fail. And also, if we're gonna talk about this dude legacy and, and, and his decline, you gotta you gotta put the Saints in that you know what I'm saying in that conversation too about them letting him down and not having him live up to his full potential. Because maybe what the Saints are asking him to do, which I can like go back and see, is a lot of things that that made him the honey badger and the all pro that he was that he's not doing. I think honestly, I think we need to give Tyron Matthew more credit because he probably seen his defense, but was willing to play in his defense for the opportunity to play for his hometown team. Yeah, like seriously, like I, I think that's where it's at because you you reach a point in time, Mick. When you got your money, you got your legacy because you got your Super Bowl. Now it's time for me to just make my victory lap and go where I want to go and do what I want to do. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. And mm-hmm. he probably saw it. Like, because I mean, look, when you entertaining a guy, of course, coaches got to tell you, okay, man, where you see me at? You know what I'm saying? Well, I see you doing this type of defense. Well, this offense right here, this is where we kind of run, and you're gonna be the X factor right here. So I'm pretty sure he probably thought to himself, eh, it's probably not things that I'm accustomed to, but I still get the opportunity to play for my hometown team. And that's, you know what I'm saying? That's good enough for me. So I think that, I, do I think that he probably lost a step or two? Absolutely. I mean, for all the time is undefeated. But do I just think that he completely fell off a cliff? Absolutely not. And honestly, if we're going to have that conversation about him, then what happened with Alvin Kamara? I don't think he fell off a cliff. You got to yeah. look at the play calling. It's the way he's been used. Like, I, and I look, I'm I'm all for him running through the tackles, but mm-hmm. um, man, you know, you know, I I, I I I'm pretty sure you watched the Jackson State uh Jackson State uh game. Yeah, that, number number five on uh on Central as it Central ooh, North Carolina. Yes, sir. That running back. Ooh, ooh. I go, yes, I'm going. To step, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get that boy, and I don't care because he reminds me of like of like a young Mark Ingram, man. That's mm-hmm. what the thing is like. We need that battering ram. But that boy, that's that's what we need at this point in the offseason. you know. Man. And Kamara, I mean, he's a he's a finesse running back. He can do, you know, he has more tools. But yo, I want to see him in them screens or like taking like those wheel routes, like like maximize. If you got a man, if you got a Corvette, you don't just put it on the highway and just drive forty. You man, let it out the barn, like you know. Mm. Like actually use it for what it's for. So, man. but anyway, yeah. man, it's always a pleasure, yeah. man, talking football with you, man. Hopefully, we'll get get some type of good news in the off season, you know. Yeah, man, and, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you down the line, man. Thank, thank you for chiming in, man. Great stuff.
man, no problem. Thank you. All right, take it easy. Yeah, man, that, that running back for North Carolina Central, man, he sent he sent that safety to Australia. You know what I'm saying? That that boy put that boy in the dirt. Hey, I can't even hate. Like, look, I know anybody know me know I'm an alumni of Jackson State. Okay, um, was I mad that they lost? Of course. I mean, look, it's my team, but you got to get credit with credit is due. North Carolina Central wanted that game more than Jackson State, and as you all can see, as soon as the game was over. If you're going on Twitter, all these letters, oh, I'm, I'm hitting the transfer report. I'm in the transfer report. A lot of them, to me, they probably was protecting their brand. You know, I, I, I think they played, but I don't think they played as hard as they should because maybe they was thinking about, you know, life after playing at Jackson State. Because if you look at Jackson State and the way they play defense versus what they played, like, man, basically they're playing to say. But, look, North Carolina Central won that game, and that man put that boy – in the dirt okay but shouts out to them man shouts out to them good game that was a classic right there it's a classic and if you're gonna lose i'd rather lose like that let's see uh this is a true well this is true well, we do experiment too much with players putting them out of position well yeah that, that's what um that's what i'm thinking you know what i'm saying like I, I just feel like this was one of the first times in a long time the saints actually went with a short thing i'm talking chris alave like he was as advertised. He was good at Ohio State. He was a playmaker there. He's a playmaker now, right? Most of the time, when the Saints get these first round picks, man, you need a Wikipedia. You need a, you know, YouTube highlight somewhere to find out who the heck this dude is. It's a lot of projects going on, and I'm not saying that they don't pan out. But all I'm saying is sometimes it's okay to go with a, a short thing. It's okay to go with a Jordan Davis. It's okay, you know, what I'm saying to go. Uh, with a uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. It's, it's, it's okay to go with those guys because those guys are playmakers. They're at those schools for a reason. And I just think that sometimes the Saints care much. It seems like they care more about being the smartest team in the room than being the most prepared team in the room. Like, it, it's okay to be smart, okay? But at the same time, I, you, you can't thank yourself out of this position. And that's how I feel. Like, when it came to games – with Sean Payton. When it came to uh, front office decisions, I just feel like the Saints felt like they were playing chess and everybody else was playing checkers. But as you can see, these teams were drafting guys, right? You know, like, instead of you, you know, going out here getting Cesar Ruiz, which he, he's working out now, but it, it look how long it took us to even get to for him to be serviceable. You could have got somebody that could have been a sure thing like a Justin Jefferson or something like that. Somebody that you know for from the from the jump was going to be a dog, right? You've seen it at LSU. You see it with Minnesota now. He's going to be a dog. So it, it's okay to go with a sure thing sometime. And I just feel like the Saints are looking for, well, we, we're just geniuses. We're offensive geniuses. Look what I can do with a guy named Traquan Smith from Central Florida. Look what I can do with a guy from the like Deontay Harris or Hardy from Assumption. Like, who cares? Like, who cares at the end of the day? What we care about is winning consistently. What we care about are is sustainable success. And what the Saints, I just feel like they just need to get away from it. What we have seen is them really like really going for more of a short thing. And things that we've seen that have worked. So that I can appreciate. Even though wherever you stand with the Deshaun Watson situation, 
at least you know that Deshaun Watson was a good quarterback. Uh, when it came to Tyron Matthew, at least you know that he was a good safety. I still think he's a good safety. Jarvis Landry, he's proved that he's a you know a top notch wide receiver since he's been in the league. So I can appreciate the the direction that they're actually going in. But at the same time, I think the reason why we're in this position right now because the Saints have relied solely on their coaches trying to develop raw talent. But here's the reality. You're not maximizing, you're not maximizing anything. Because think about this. Trey Hendrickson, all right? Florida Atlantic. Around the time Trey, Hendri- Trey Hendrickson became what you wanted him to be, it was time to get paid. Same thing with Von Bell. It was time to get paid. You know, like, so you're losing these guys. You're probably getting like one year of productivity out of these guys and it's probably you spent like the first two years trying to develop them to be what you wanted them to be. But guess what? Now they didn't play themselves out of the city. Now they're going somewhere else and they're in the other team is getting all of that talent that you develop. So why not try to get guys like it can continue to do things like getting a Olave? How about continuing to get guys that you've seen play on a high level like Alante Taylor in the SEC? I'm OK with that. Okay, but when you're digging in the crates and canoe boating your way to San Antonio to UTSA, or you know what I'm saying, you you putting on a big chinchilla to go up to, to uh you know what I'm saying, a Manitoba to get, you know what I'm saying, to get a guy like Dave Ayamada. I'm okay with Dave Ayamada, but I'm just saying it, it took some years in order for David to get to where he is right now. Right? Sometimes it's okay to go with a sure thing, you know. I know sometimes it makes the bet, you know, in Vegas a little bit more thrilling when you know what I'm saying? You better, you know what I'm saying? You better a little bit more. All right. But sometimes it's, it's, it's best to try to go with a little bit of a short thing. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to play the penny slot sometime. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, I lose a penny, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? But at least, you know what I'm saying? I know, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I still get this experience. It's, it's, it's kind of frustrating to me. It's kind of frustrating, right? When you're seeing guys like, I keep using this example, Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, you see him for the Giants. They say he was a dog in college. They say he was going to be a dog in the pros. Guess what he is? He's a dog. Chase Young. They say he was a dog in college. He's a dog in the pros. Uh, Joe, The Bosa brothers, dog in college, dogs in the pros. Sometimes, like I said, you don't have to go outside the box because I just feel like sometimes they just rely too much on their coaching staff to develop these guys instead of, and these guys coming in extremely talented and making these guys even more talented that they are, you know, but that, I mean, but I digress. Uh, with those two, they felt we could afford to experiment because at the end of the day, Drew Brees or Sean Payton is going to save us. That's not the case anymore. And we're seeing it live and clear, but yellow, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. Let me be 100% real with you right now. Them doing that towards the twilight of Drew Brees' career was the biggest mistake that the New Orleans Saints made. I'm going to tell you why. Because just like all of us, we became enamored and it became a little bit of part of the status quo that Drew Brees could be the cologne on the musty body, right? We can put anybody out here to run a route. Okay, how many good routes you can run? Like two or three? Okay, we can put Drew out. Drew going to throw him the ball. 
oh, oh, you know what I'm saying, what he can do. Oh, I mean, he's a little bit raw, you know what I'm saying? It's probably going to take him some time, you know, but he's going to help our defense. But guess what? While he's learning and developing, the defense isn't where you need to be. Oh, because we got Drew Brees. But what they weren't accounting for was the last few years of Drew Brees' career. When what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are experiencing right now, right? You got a quarterback that's in the twilight of his career. He's able to make some plays, but he doesn't give you everything that he had seven or eight years ago. So now you have to account uh, for the the drop-off by talented running backs, by talented wide receivers that can get them yards after the catch, uh, offensive line, there's some maulers, defensive players that can be ball hawks. That is what you needed to do. But instead, yeah, let's try to get a Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, he a little bit raw, but true can work with him, right? You know what I'm saying? He can play, you know what I'm saying? He can have him under center or whatever like that at the time. I'm pretty sure they probably thought about McCoy going to the guard position, moving Ruiz. Well, you know, I mean, until he learns, man, Drew can just point out the, you know, he, he can just point him out, you know what I'm saying, where the blitz is coming from. It's fine, right? So we can develop this guy. Oh, this guy from UTSA, uh, you know what I'm saying? He's a little bit raw, but we can work with him. You know, we can work with Davenport. You know, push come the shove. You know, the defense gets to where it needs to be in a couple of years, but Drew can absolve all that. They took Drew Brees for granted. And they what they did not realize that Drew Brees was declining. And while he was declining, you have to make up for it somehow. Rather it's a, a potent running game, rather it's a stout, a stout defense. And that's why you had to basically be racing against the clock in 2020. You put yourself in that position. If you would have went out here and drafted a guy that you know that was a sure thing at a skilled position, right? A guy from a school like Alabama, a school like Ohio State, which they, they mostly draft for, but somebody that, that you know for a fact can be a game changer, a game record. They didn't do that. They continue to get projects and guys that were only good at certain things. They, they basically had wide receivers that were good at two or three routes, for the exception of Michael Thomas. And you had an opportunity. Thank you very much, Jarrell. You had opportunity to get a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson to be sitting behind Drew Brees, and you failed to not do it. Like So the Saints kind of brought this situation on themselves where they are right now. You, you, you like great quarterbacks sometimes makes teams arrogant. Great quarterback play makes teams arrogant because they feel like the quarterback can be able to erase a lot of the imperfections of the team. You're seeing it right now with Kansas City with, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is great. So no matter how trash Kansas City defense and they can't stop a nosebleed, guess what? That boy got that bazooka arm. He can make all these diff difficult throws and he can erase a deficit like that. So that makes teams arrogant. That makes them arrogant. Ugh, man, we got home, man. <clears throat> we got Josh Allen, man. We, we good, man. We got Lamar, man. Lamar about to hit his head on a goalpost when he runs 70 yards. We, teams have a tendency of developing arrogance when they have great quarterbacks. But they also have to take into account those guys aren't going to play forever. And you have to be able to acknowledge it and be able to adjust on the fly. And the Saints did not do it. When Drew Brees starts to wear down and you notice that you have to start bringing in Taysom Hill for passes down the field or, or another quarterback that have a bigger arm, that's when you should have realized that maybe we need to start getting guys that can create their own plays, right? 
Not guys that are just going to catch the ball and fall down like a Brandon Cooks. Not guys that we have to take two and three years to develop like a Davenport and Ayamata. That's when you should have went and aggressively started to do what Mickey Loomis did because maybe if you would have been aggressive enough, you probably could have got a guy like an Aaron Donald. I'm not. I'm just saying you could have possibly got a guy. You know what I'm saying? That could have been an elite pass rusher if you would have been as aggressive back then as you were with this whole Philly deal. But to me, even that was arrogant. They, they, they. It's almost like, and uh, we're gonna get up out of here on this. It's like the whole Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson debate, right? Jimmy Johnson comes from Miami goes to the Cowboys, and they become a dynasty, right? You know what I'm saying? He won two Super Bowls, but why didn't he win a third? It's because Jerry Jones wanted the credit. He wanted people to recognize him more so than Jimmy Johnson. So that's why he went out there and got Barry Switzer. It comes a time when an organization, rather it's a GM, rather it's the trust, they want people to acknowledge them for their greatness over a coach and i felt like this was one of those situations this was the time when mickey loomis was like now everybody's going to see my genius and see the way that i roll so we don't have breeze we don't have peyton anymore that's what we're going to do we're going to do something that we never do the fans they say that we never get lsu players well guess what we're going to get two renowned lsu guys that were legends and we're going to put them on the team they say that we're not aggressive enough in free agency. We're going to go after a top free agent and Deshaun Watson. They started, he wanted to build up his resume, but at the same time, he did not account and did not want to account for the greatness of Drew Brees that carried them and Sean Payton along with them that carried this team. So where we are right now as a five and nine team has everything to do with the arrogance of this organization and their inability and their cockiness and their ego that would not allow them to adjust. That's why we're in this position right now. That's the reason why we're still dealing with the same status quo. Dennis Allen, the status quo. P. Carmichael, the status quo. That's why we're still dealing with this right now. You know, sometimes the guy might get to the quarterback. Sometimes he may not. Sometimes this guy might catch an interception. Sometimes he may not. Right. Because the guys that you have invested in from these no name colleges, oh, they got better. But they're not better for you. They're better for that fifty three million dollars that the Cincinnati Bengals spent on them. They're good for that seventy two million dollars that Baltimore spent on Mark Marcus Williams. So that's where we're, that's that's where we at who that nation. That's what that's why we're in this position. Arrogance. Cockiness. And not being able to. Walk away from the table. Some of you probably seen this show. Some of you probably didn't. It's called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? There's an opportunity when somebody asks, when the host asks the person a question and they may not know it. They may have three lifelines, right? And you get to a certain point, right? But let's just say, for example, you get to the $1,000 mark, you go home with $1,000, right? But there's that $8,000 mark. If you get the question right, you go to sixteen. But if you get the answer wrong, you go back to a thousand. So they give you an option. Right. You can phone a friend. You can ask the audience. Right. Or, you know, what I'm saying or, or, or you phone a friend, ask the audience or you can walk away. And most people, you know, they like, OK, I'm going to keep playing. But some people are like, eh, 
think I need to walk away. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what the Saints should have did, right? But instead, they wanted to answer the sixteen thousand dollar question, and they got it wrong. So guess what? We back at a thousand, folks, and we trying to build our way back up to sixteen thousand. And instead of us using lifelines, we thought we had it under control. But as y'all can see, we didn't. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. Much love to everybody here, no matter where you are, wherever you may be. Uh, also, you can check out the State of the Saints podcast uh, on Facebook, facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. If you're new, thank you very much for being here. But you can uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're close. We're really, really close to 10,000 subscribers. So if you check out the State of the Saints podcast, but you never hit the subscription button, look, I need your help. I need your help, all right? I just need you to hit that subscription button. If you're here right now, please hit that like button. Uh, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, shouts out to uh, Mick. Shouts out to Jerry. Shouts out to King Arthur. Those that chimed in, thank you for those in the chat. Much love to you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. Have a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always... All I got to say is, who that?